Hello, and welcome to Joyful Heart, a podcast for Christian women who are trying to balance a relationship with God, as well as school, work, and other things life likes to throw our way. In these episodes, religious topics such as growing closer to God, maturing in our faith, as well as general ones like college difficulties and navigating new experiences in life will be covered. And with that, let's get into this week's episode. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Joyful Heart. I took off last week and figured that moving forward, I would take a week off every 20 episodes. I just don't want to overstress myself. And I think it's really good sometimes to kind of step back and rest a bit to, in a way, recenter yourself and slow down to hear God. So for this week's episode, I wanted to talk about the condescending attitudes and phrases that can come from the Christian community. Now, the purpose of this episode isn't to condemn anyone specifically, any church, group, but to point out an issue that I have seen as a Christian. Now, I think it, as always with any kind of topic, I think it's important to start with the definition of condescending so that we can all be on the same page and kind of have something to refer back to. To be condescending is to have or to show a feeling of patronizing superiority, having a mindset or acting as if you are superior to another person or another group. So in a way, it's kind of, you know, acting as if you are higher up looking down on the people below you. And it doesn't always have to be intentional. Sometimes we can just say things that can come off very condescending. Some of the synonyms of condescending are arrogance, egotistical, and acting snooty. Now, I tend to see this a lot on social media, especially when someone who is non-religious or non-Christian posts something about God, Jesus, or Christianity. Now, it happens with all types of religions, all types of topics, but I think it's important to focus in on the Christian community on social media. I think the most tough thing about it is that it usually occurs when someone says or believes something that is, in our opinion, disrespectful, hateful, or blasphemous about God. And I understand fellow believers' frustrations and feeling attacked or that your faith is being attacked or mocked or being joked about. You know, it's very hard. I mean, this is something... I mean, with anything, if it's something you are so devoted to and you believe fully, it's hard when other people mock or attack that because it's our identity. So it's like, in a way, it feels like it's an attack on us. However, the condescending messages and comments can also do just as much harm. Now, I don't remember all of the comments word for word, but they can be surrounding judgment and people's lifestyles. They can sometimes weaponize prayer by commenting on someone's page, praying for you, red heart emoji. Now you might be like, um, I'll pray for you is not a condescending phrase. Like, what are you talking about? Like, that's probably the nicest thing you can say for someone or do for someone for that matter. Well, I don't know if you are aware, but it's kind of like a, I guess, like recent trend um, on social media where people will type something really mean or rude. But then they'll put 
kind of like a red heart to be sarcastic. And this isn't the case every single time, but if someone comments something that looks rude or mean, this might be the case. Like, it'll say something like, oh, never do that again, red heart. Or, nice try, but you failed. Like, it kind of is in a way to, like, not buffer the rudeness, but kind of mask it in a way. Because, you know, if you send a heart, usually it means something kind or loving. But it's the exact opposite of loving. I feel that one of the main concerns for me is that we shouldn't be sarcastic about prayer or people's salvation. You know, we shouldn't be making condescending remarks about other people because we have to remember how that can be translated and what other people might think when we act that way. Prayer should never be weaponized or be used to put someone down or shame them. We have to be careful about what we say and do because we are representatives of Christ. People will always associate our actions with Jesus and they may never get the chance to open the Bible and see the truth. It doesn't matter what their religion is or what they believe or what they grew up believing. Most people base their assumptions, they base their beliefs, they base their opinions and biases around how they see other people act. I see all the time in comments, people never criticize Jesus's character because there's nothing to critique. He was perfect. He is perfect. But whenever they critique something, it's based on the body of Jesus, the church. And so we have to be so careful with our actions and we have to imitate Jesus because people will always base Christianity off of our actions. It's just the truth. Now, it might not happen all the time, but I know and I see it a lot, as I previously stated, like when people have a problem with the church, it's usually because of someone's actions that pushed them away or made them feel unwanted or made them feel like they weren't good enough or made them feel like they were being judged. If we as a church are being overly sarcastic, if we are weaponizing prayer and being overly judgmental, we could be pushing people away instead of welcoming them. You never really know the impact your words can have on someone's day or life for that matter. You never know if that comment you made could push them to God or pull them away from God. You really have to kind of stop and think like, what, are, what am I saying and what is the potential impact that I could be making with my words? Especially if the other person is a non-believer. Our condescending attitudes could be a reason they choose not to believe. In doing so, we are doing the exact opposite of what Jesus called us to do. I know that a lot of people whose greatest critique against the church is the feelings of judgment. I don't know how biblically sound this is, so I definitely would look into it if I were you. But I feel like we shouldn't hold non-believers up to the standards of believers, if that makes sense. Non-believers are not going to act or react like believers do. We can't expect non-believers to be the epitome of Jesus when they are of the world. This isn't an excuse for any blasphemous or sinful things. But how can non-believers act like Jesus if they don't know him and what he did for them on the cross? If they don't know or understand the gospel or the true nature of our awesome, loving, and merciful Father? 
a believer and a non-believer are always going to react to, I am praying for you in so many different ways. Especially if they feel you are being condescending, even if it wasn't your intention. A non-believer may feel attacked or become really defensive when you say something like that or when you say something that is condescending because they may feel you're trying to one-up them and you're making it seem like you're so much high above them and making them feel small, which is the opposite of how one should feel since prayer is so powerful. And when you pray for someone, it's usually because you love and you care for that person. I think that before you leave a comment, check your heart and your tone, especially over social media. Don't let your flesh cause you to be impulsive and say or comment something harmful that could potentially have long-term consequences. I want to include some verses that cover the topic of judgment and our reactions to things that may bother or anger us. So the first one comes from Matthew 7, 1 through 5. Do not judge so that you will not be judged. For in the way that you judge, you will be judged. And by your standard of measure, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye and look, the log is in your own eye. You hypocrite. First, take the log out of your own eye. Then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. The next one comes from James 1, 19 through 20. You know this, my beloved brothers and sisters. Now everyone must be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For a man's anger does not bring about the righteousness of God. Ephesians four twenty nine. Let no unwholesome word come out of your mouth. But if there is any... Good word for edification according to the need of the moment, say that, so that it will give grace to those that hear. Ephesians 5 4. There must be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, or vulgar joking, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. I know it can be hard to deal with hearing things that attack or offend you, your religion, your faith, or your beliefs. I think in these moments it's helpful to know. And realize that it's not always the person saying it. That's the enemy trying to knock you down. We know that the enemy will use any situation or person to tempt you into sin. As we see in 1 Peter 5.8. Be of sober spirit. Be on alert. Your advisory, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Now this isn't saying that others are being possessed. But think of times you said something hurtful or mean impulsively. It can just come to mind and at some point you realize that it was really wrong or it was really mean to say. The enemy used you in a way to do harm. We have all hurt someone with our words at some point in our life, which is why we are called to take captive of every thought and to test every spirit because it's not always from God. I think one of the best ways that we can defeat a condescending attitude is with humility. Because when we allow God to humble us, he kind of brings us down off our high horse in a way. You know, he brings us down to see like, hey, 
yes, you may be a believer, you may be a Christian, but you are no better or worse than the person next to you. You know, at the end of the day, we are all humans. We all sin. We all hurt people. and We all do wrong. So we really have to kind of bring ourselves down. I mean, you know, it doesn't matter how many good things you've done, how many, you know, nice things you've said, because we've all done something that's really hurt another person. You know, we've all failed God in some way. We've all been disobedient to the Lord. We all have our own moments of failure. We all have our own imperfections. We all have our own downfalls. So I think it's really important to remember that and to allow God and the Holy Spirit to soften you and to humble your spirit. The first verse comes from Philippians 2, 3 through 8. Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility. Consider one another as more important than yourselves. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, as he already existed in the form of God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped but emptied himself by taking the form of a bondservant and being born in the likeness of men. And being found in the appearance of, as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, death on a cross. 2 Corinthians 8, 9 For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. Romans three twenty three through 24 For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified as a gift by his grace through the redemption which is in Christ Jesus. Something really awesome that we see with these verses is how Jesus was in heaven. He was perfect. You know, he was rich. But then when he looked down on the earth and saw all the sin and destruction and the evilness, he humbled himself by coming down to be a man. He didn't come down to be a God. Yes, he, you know, he conducted very many miracles and he still is God and man. But he came down to earth to suffer for us. He came down to earth to, you know, be hated for us, to be humiliated. He died on the cross for our sins. He could have saved himself on the cross. He absolutely could have, but he knew what he needed to do. He humbled himself so that we could become, like it says, rich through his poverty, rich through his suffering, rich through his sacrifices for our lives. And these verses also talk about how we can't just be on the lookout for our own personal interests. We can't just consider ourselves above others. We are called to lay our lives down for our brothers and sisters. We are called to put them above ourselves. You know, something I learned in school was they're like, always have joy. It should be Jesus, others, and then yourself. We really have to take in this spirit of humility and realize, you know, we were called to make disciples in this nation. We weren't called to boost ourselves up. We weren't called to do it all. We were called to glorify Jesus, to, you know, lay our lives down for him and to do it all for his glory, to do it all for him. It's not about us. And I think sometimes 
judgment is a very like touchy and tricky topic within the church because we are supposed to call out sin in a loving way. You know, if you see your brother stumbling, you're supposed to be like, hey, this is where I feel you're going wrong. Let's work. Let's work on it. And I think sometimes when you kind of know all the rules and you believe all the rules and you're doing it properly in your own eyes, you kind of take in this attitude of, well, I'm doing what's right and these people aren't. And I think a lot of the times that's how it can be so easy to fall into that arrogance and so easy to fall into that pride and that condescending way of, well, I know what's right and I'm doing it and you're not. And I think that's why a lot of people feel judged by Christians sometimes because, you know, these people are speaking to the creator and these people know all the rules and they're doing it correctly. And, you know, I think sometimes our tone can really cause a lot of miscommunication and for people to feel more negatively when maybe our intentions were for them to feel positively about it. And I think something that can also just help, you know, bring us back to this humble stage is like Jesus came down from paradise. He came down from heaven to save our souls. He came down knowing he would die. He came down knowing that he would suffer. He came down knowing he would be humiliated and he would be mocked. But he still did it because his love is greater than all of those fears, all of that pain, all of that torture. His love is greater. And I think sometimes we need to kind of step down and realize that we are no better than the people around us because we are Christian. You know, our journey with Christ, it wasn't quick and it wasn't easy and we still stumble. And I think we have to lower our our expectations with others. We can't expect people just to hear the gospel and immediately change just like that because we know how stubborn people can be. We know how easy it is to fall back into sin. Now, this isn't to say that they can't because nothing is impossible for Jesus. But we have to kind of give grace to people and realize it's not easy. If it was easy, everybody would do it. You know, there'd be no troubles, but it's not. This is life. It's just how it goes sometimes. We have all sinned and sin is seen as equal before the eyes of the Lord. You aren't better and you aren't worse than others because of your sins. Just because we are believers, it doesn't mean we are better than others. We as Christians still fall back into sinful ways and into temptations. However, we understand that we can be sanctified and restored through Jesus and Jesus alone. Only he can break those chains and truly set us free from our sin. When you are talking to or with someone, ask God to help you see them as he sees us. Not through the lenses of our own judgmental biases and perspectives, but through his loving eyes. We should be careful not to be too judgmental or to weaponize prayer. You know, these condescending attitudes, it can really drive people away from Jesus. And I think a lot of the times we unintentionally set up a very bad and poor representation of Jesus. And as I was saying earlier, people always base their feelings of Jesus and of God and of Christianity based on the people they see. You know, we really have to make sure that we are being the best representative of Jesus. Because as I said before, if you claim to be a Christian or believer, people will be more watchful of you. 
people will kind of observe you and critique you a little bit more because in some way, shape or form, they know what a Christian is supposed to be because I see it all the time. They're like, well, you know, Christians aren't supposed to do this, this or that. So you have to be really careful. You know, you kind of have to, um, I always think it is one of those things like as we grow closer to Jesus, we have to unlearn a lot of the things of the world because we were not supposed to live like the world. We are not supposed to mimic the world. We're supposed to stand out and be the salt and the light in our dark, hurting world. So we really had to be careful about how we respond and really check our tone, you know, check your impulses. If something pops up, you know, kind of stop and think like, is this nice? Would Jesus say this? Because if he wouldn't, you shouldn't be saying it either. It's hard, you know, because we see all these trends, we see all this stuff, and it's so easy to fall into it, you know, and I'm not saying I don't either, because I know it's definitely something I need to work on as well. But I think it's really important for us to be aware of how Christians are already seen. You know, it's definitely something I need to work on myself, especially on social media. And I hope this was eye-opening to see how harmful some things can be even if it wasn't our intention, even if we were just joking or being funny, you know, people don't interpret everything the way we interpret it or the way I interpret it, the way you interpret it. And I think it's just, you know, another one of those worldly things that we have to unlearn because it's really problematic and it's really harmful. But I hope that this was helpful. I hope that it was eye opening and I hope You know, you can walk away, you know, aware just of how things can be misinterpreted. But I hope you all have a blessed day and I hope you have a great week. Well, that concludes this week's episode of Joyful Heart. Feel free to reach out with prayer requests, praise reports, requests for topics or general questions on either Instagram or the Facebook group. These can be sent to Joyful Heart. That's J-O-Y-F-U-L-L-H-E-A-R-T-T on Instagram, as well as for the private Facebook group. I hope you all have a blessed day, and I'll catch you next week. Bye, guys!